My name is Elle. And I am Jared. And you are listening to the New Leaf Project. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us again today. We are still participating. Well, some of us are still participating in movies for Lent. Jared, how is I think, the last I think you're movies? talking about me with that statement and not about yourself. Is that correct? I, I, I think you're correct. You're correct. <laughs> so did you or did you not watch Michael Clayton on the weekend? I will confess that I did not watch it. I got roped into watching another movie, and I don't really watch a lot of movies, but I watched Encanto. Encanto? I don't know how to say it. It's a Disney movie. I cried. There's nothing sad in that movie, but it just made me cry because mm. it was so wonderful. It's not my thing, really, but it. I was moved. I was moved to tears. So when Jason and Adam want to add this to the list for the next movies for Lent, I'm good. I'm already ready. I'm ready to go. Unfortunately, that's not that's not the choice uh, that they made. But we are continuing to watch Adam and Jason's picks. Uh, and this week's movie is honestly, it's one of my favorite movies. Certainly the ending of this movie is, in my mind, one of the top five endings of my movie list. Anyway, it's directed by David Lynch, the lead actor. Uh, Richard Farnsworth. You might know him from Anna Green Gables fame. He played mm. Matthew. Uh, beautiful portrayal there too. But he was an Oscar nominee uh, in 2000 for his role in this. And David Lynch, one of my favorite directors of all time. A real weirdo too, in terms of what he puts on the screen. Really imaginative, uh, sometimes surreal films that he puts together. But they all have such a powerful... Uh, not only a visual impact, but he also just has a habit of getting really great performances and memorable performances out of actors. So it's a it's an amazing cast. Uh, Sissy Spake, Sp Sissy Spacek is in it as well. I would say her performance is still very powerful, but I would say that probably a little bit um, problematic in terms of the current conversations around people with disabilities and that kind of thing uh, and whether able people should play uh, those kinds of roles, but uh, still powerful performance. I would consider a sensitive performance and an uplifting performance. So maybe not without its controversy uh, films don't always age well, socially speaking, but um, I think that this is uh, it's worthy of consideration uh, despite some of some of what our modern eyes might might find problematic about it. Right. So we're going to turn things over to our buddies, Jason and Adam, to talk about the straight story. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to Movies for Lent this week. Uh, this is our, our fifth week. And tonight our theme is uh, reconciliation as we've taken the time to watch the 1999 film, uh, The Straight Story. Our passage of scripture uh, is is uh, is maybe a little lengthy compared to previous weeks, but I'm going to read for us uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. 
after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Adam. Hello, everyone. Week five of Movies for Lent. Um, tonight, before I, I share some thoughts and reflections on this week's movie and the, the lectionary passage that Adam just read for us, I feel a brief uh, disclaimer is in order this week. And of course, as always, uh, movie spoilers ahead if you haven't seen the movie, The Straight Story. The reality is that sometimes we we watch a movie and if we enjoy the experience as I trust you did with this movie, you go looking to consume more movies from the, the same director. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the director of The Straight Story, David Lynch, uh, you might think this G-rated, family-friendly Disney movie is par for the course for Lynch, uh, when in fact, uh, the rest of his filmography is far more edgy and much more explicit in its content uh, from this director who echoing another one of his popular titles is much more wild at heart than the straight story might suggest. Though indeed the straight story is director David Lynch playing it straight. It's a realistic family drama, which is a 180 degree pivot from the typical weird surrealness of his films. 
Uh, Alvin Strait, our protagonist, his interstate road trip atop his 1966 John Deere riding lawnmower is certainly not the type of Disney action-packed blockbuster which appeals to the masses in 2022. Uh, but this 1999 film touches on the core of a theme of, of paramount importance in scripture and in life, reconciliation. You know, if repentance, the theme we discussed last week in conversation with the film, Michael Clayton is turning towards wholeness. You know, reconciliation is intentionally and, and humbly moving forward in a new trajectory towards the restoration of relationships, relationships with God, with people, with people groups, and in fact, all of God's good creation. Now, for the better part of two hours, we join Alvin Strait, played with beauty and grace by the then, I believe, 79-year-old Richard Farnsworth on his five-mile-an-hour journey from his home in Lawrence, Iowa, to Mount Zion, Wisconsin, which I believe is actually a 288-mile trip. And while this journey, which is based on a real-life true story, is uniquely Alvin's story, and I'm sure partially David Lynch's story with his fingerprints on it, you know, in a sense, his journey towards reconciliation is the journey we are all invited to take. You know, the pitfalls that Alvin encounters on his journey are, in a sense, illustrative of the hurdles we all encounter on our own individual and collective journeys towards wholeness and experiencing the, the shalom of God. You know, while Alvin experiences numerous external pitfalls throughout his journey, you know, from his shoddy equipment to rough weather, it's kind of the inner struggle, the, the weight of his selfishness, pride and shame which appear to have kept Alvin and his brother Lyle estranged for far too long. That really is the, the, the deeper, bigger challenge for Alvin in this movie, in his life. You know, only in his advanced age, coming face to face with his own mortality, a theme we've already discussed, and the impending death of both himself and his brother, does Alvin come to his senses and resolve to intentionally make the long, slow journey eastward from Iowa to Wisconsin in the hope of making relational reparations between he and his estranged brother. In the scene where Alvin and his daughter Rose, in a wonderful performance by Sissy Spacek, uh, watched the lightning storm flashing out the window, you know, the lightning reflecting off the tired, emotionally wrought face of Richard Farnsworth communicates to us the, the inner storm the inner turmoil of his own pride and shame that he has been enduring for far too long. You know, it's fitting that both this movie and our lectionary reading both involve stories of two brothers. You know, the, the poorly named parable of the prodigal son is at its core a story of familial reconciliation. Like Alvin, it's only as the younger son hits rock bottom, comes to his senses while eating with the most of most unclean of animals that he begins his journey home. And while our younger brother does not encounter any others on the journey home from the distant land where he has squandered his inheritance, you know, we witness Alvin in this two hour story, you know, encountering various individuals on his five mile an hour journey from the flustered woman with a propensity for running into deer to the young pregnant teenager full of fear and shame to the, the clergyman offering a roadside meal and the conversation with the World War II war veteran Alvin shares a drink and conversation with at an obscure bar. You know, each of these encounters provides opportunities for Alvin to give and to receive grace and truth on the long road towards reconciliation. 
as I revisited this contemplative gem of a movie this week, I, I found myself recalling and recounting the many others whose lives have and continue to intersect with my own on the journey towards wholeness and reconciliation. You know, while Alvin personifies the, the stubborn and stoic North American individual, it's beautiful to see him allow people to speak into his life throughout the film and, and the ways in which he gently extends grace and truth into the lives of those he encounters. Well, Alvin in his advanced age and, and poor health and preposterous transportation choice surely doesn't have much usefulness in the eyes of most in our society. You know, the straight story is a powerful and poignant reminder of the grace and love of God at work in the lives of those we might be duped into least expecting. As we move through the season of Lent and closer to Holy Week, you know, the theme of, of reconciliation we're discussing today will, will continue to be at the forefront of, of conversations and reflections. As I reflect afresh on the, the parable in Luke 15, which is so familiar to us all, I'm reminded of the importance of remembering that it is not God who is in need of being reconciled to us, but rather us in need of being reconciled to God and others. You know, the culmination and climax we're approaching on Good Friday as we move towards it. You know, it's not the event which reconciles an angry, wrathful God with sinful, strange creation, but rather is the, the paramount expression of the depths to which God will go to display God's self-giving, radically forgiving, and co-suffering love, all for the sake of reconciliation of all things, which includes all the elder and younger brothers, the Alvins and Lyles of the world. And so as we continue our Lenten journey, you know, I'll be the first to confess my need to slow down, to be more intentional about noticing what is within and, and around me on the journey of reconciliation. And while I don't think I'll be swapping out my minivan for a John Deere anytime soon, uh, this week's movie and, and parable of Jesus are, are reminders to, to slow down, contemplate my own mortality, my brokenness, to celebrate those who join me on the journey. And most importantly, to re-encounter the love of our lavishly prodigal God, who doesn't wait impatiently at a distance until we come home groveling at his feet. But even when we feel we are still a long way off, God moves toward us to embrace us and still us with grace for the journey towards the reconciliation of all things. As the Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5.19, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. The process of reconciliation, like Alvin's journey, is often slow, unglamorous, and wrought with challenges. And my hope and my prayer on this journey we're on is that we will have the grace to slow down and to notice the places and people in which God is moving. Watching Alvin putter along at five miles per hour aboard his John Deere lawnmower, uh, I'm reminded of a quote from uh, Kosuke Koyama's book, Three Mile an Hour God. Uh, Koyama writes these words. He says, love has its speed. It is a spiritual speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It goes on in the depth of our life, whether we notice or not, at three miles an hour. It is the speed we walk, and therefore the speed the love of God walks. So, my friends, let's walk on, knowing that on the journey towards reconciliation, you'll never walk alone. Amen. 
And thankfully, I'm not walking alone again tonight. I'm glad to have Adam here riding shotgun again. And Adam, usually you're the one tapping me on the shoulder, recommending movies I have yet to see. But this week, I got to return the favor because you mentioned that this was this week was your first viewing of this film. So I'd love to love to pass it back to you to get a few thoughts on your initial viewing of this film and conversation with the scripture and theme. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Um, thank you for that good word and and this good recommendation. Um, yeah, I, I got to come at it maybe a little differently this week or maybe a, a, in a similar way of coming alongside many of you here tonight and listening um, of just getting to partake of this story in this film for the first time. And really, I, I, I almost didn't want to overthink it, overdo it and really just have my initial reaction. So, I, I mean, I made some notes, but not nothing too extensive. But, I mean, Jason, you beautifully summed it up. And I, and I really appreciate, too, just the, the way in which you're presenting the, the parable of Jesus' words to us, the reminder that it's not, it's not the God who's estranged, but we are estranged from him, but also from one another. And, and that's really, as I watched this film today, that's really what stirred it up. It, it just opened my eyes or made me present once again to look at my surroundings and to whom I minister to because this story just really reflected my own ministry and congregational context and brought to mind the men and women that uh, that I minister to and and acted as an important reminder that different generations process emotion and trauma in different ways and we 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 all need more grace and more acceptance to, to understand and, and reach out to, to where people are coming from, where, where their starting point is. And the, and the fact that it, like, as we see over the course of this film with multiple encounters, um, it takes time, it takes trust, it takes the right setting for people to really actually open up. And, and certainly for a lot of older folks in my own life. And again, people I minister to, um, I don't say this as a negative or a positive. It's just the fact that for many of them, they have been conditioned conditioned, or they've grown up with this expectation um, to always be polite and always appear composed and that they have this presumption that no one wants to be bothered with the burdens or troubles they may carry. I know that in my own life and th thinking my relationship with my grandparents, they don't want to burden or trouble anything they feel like they, it's, it's just a, why would you want to bother hearing about this? But what I love about this film, the, the, the straight story, is that it gives us permission to listen. It, it's a film constructed, as you said, constru I, and I, I didn't even think about the, the actual speed, the five miles. and I, It's constructed at a pace and filmed from the perspective of a 73-year-old who's only ever known Midwest rural life. And, and for, for some of us watching the film, that actually might make us uncomfortable because it's a film that is excessively quiet and patient. But as maybe we've seen each and every week in these, this film selection, the truth is we all need to see the world through the eyes of another. And in this case, especially our elders. Because uh, the truth is at the end of the day, you just never know what someone has gone through. You just never know what someone's story is until they're willing to share it with you. And so whether it was Alvin's story or Rose's story or the young woman along the road or the veteran, we wouldn't otherwise know their story unless they were willing to share it. So 
that's why I treasure this film and I'm so grateful that for this first this first viewing and and I know many many more to come. So so thank you, Jason, for introducing me to this. That was Adam and Jason talking about the movies for Lent, uh, the pick that they had called The Straight Story. Now, as is my tradition, I have not seen this movie. And so, um, Jared, why and don't you vow to never see it, right? Like, this no, is, I mean, I will, will say, you, will you promise to see it and then not see it? Is that, I'm, af I'm afraid to say any words and promise things, but I feel like this, I'm vaguely familiar with this movie. I feel like I maybe my parents saw it or talked to me about it. I don't know, but I have, it's, it's, yeah, it's in my head, this lawnmower. So, uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about the story without kind of giving away too many spoilers? Right. Unless I guess the conversation previous has probably given away a few spoilers, but. Well, I would say that there, like first, as I mentioned before, like this is this is one of my favorite movies. I it it is unlike a David Lynch movie. Like we are we are in uncharted territory. Like David Lynch is the guy that brought us Twin Peaks. He brought us, you know, uh, Lost Highway. He brought us uh, uh, Blue Velvet and Eraserhead and like. This, Mulholland Drive. He doesn't just and and this is it's so wildly titled because this is the straightest story I think that uh, David Lynch has, has ever put out. Um, it is powerful. It is poignant. It is beautiful. Um, David Lynch has this capacity to let the characters and the actors speak for themselves and develop really really memorable moments and roles um there uh, this is a movie that i love because it's not overwritten in fact i might even consider it underwritten um now i love overwritten movies i like coen brothers films i like quentin tarantino films uh but those those are overwritten the dialogue is is dense and and difficult there's a lot of space a lot of beautiful space in this movie and the actors really do shine. And I think Richard Farnsworth uh, uh, certainly deserved his Academy nomination. But the, the, the theme that we're looking at in particular is around reconciliation. And uh, the, the scripture reading for this week is Luke 15, 11 to 32, which is, of course, the tale of the prodigal son which is something that I think a lot of people are very familiar with. Um, I think that you will uh, receive some positive benefit interacting with that passage and seeing, seeing those themes at work on the screen. I wouldn't say it's a very straight line, the connection between those two, but that's what I love about Jason and Adam's brains is that they, they find these connections and they bring them up on Wednesday and I go, Oh yeah, great. Yo, that's, that's, that makes sense. So, um, We'll leave you uh, today with the discussion questions that arise from the straight story, and they are these four. One, after viewing the straight story, what thoughts and impressions lingered as the credits rolled and beyond, and why? Two, from a cinematic perspective, what did you enjoy about the film? What worked for you? What didn't? Three, in the film, Alvin sets out on a lengthy journey with the intent of restoring a broken relationship. What are the pitfalls Alvin faced on his journey and how might they be illustrative of the hurdles we all face on the road to reconciliation? 
Number four, in our lectionary passage, Jesus tells a parable of a loving father with two sons, each of whom is lost. How do both older and younger sons break relationship with their father? And how does the father embody the reconciling heart of God? So those are the questions. Next week's movie, um, I'm blanking on it right now. I stand here in front of this microphone. Oh, it's Pig. It's Pig with Nicolas Cage. Brand new film. So uh, feel free to check that out. But do yourself a favor and double check Facebook to make sure I didn't just lead you completely astray there. Um, I have not seen Pig. I don't know anything about it. I have no context for it. I'm not even going to watch the trailer. I'm just going to launch myself screaming into the void there with Nicolas Cage. Um, All the best uh, on your journey with Nicolas yeah, thank Cage. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm not even going to ask whether you're going to watch that movie, L. Um, but L. I mean, the people... two things the two things you've said so far, Pig and Nicolas Cage. It's not for some. It's just not. It's not the most enticing. But I'll I'll check it out. We'll see. We'll see how this. No, moves. you won't. You won't. I I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you say that. All right. Fine. I will just fine. ask. I will just ask uh, how your weekend went on the next podcast. Okay. Okay. Than what you whether you watch the movie or not. But okay. Um, L. If people want to stay connected with the New Leaf Network, <clears throat> what are what are what what are what what do what do they do? I I will tell you. What are they do? I will use proper language and try to tell people. Thank you. Um, so obviously we're present on all of the social medias. You can find us there, but we find our website to be the most helpful and up-to-date, newleafnetwork.ca. So much going on uh, right now. It feels like it's hard to uh, keep track of some, sometimes, but just want to make uh, a couple of things, uh, keep you aware of them. We've been talking about the table. We will continue to talk about the table that is happening May 27th and 28th, McMaster Divinity College. For those of you who are familiar with Andrew Root, he is coming. Uh, that's going to be a really uh, fun presentation conference with him and then we're going to move into some time together and really we are going to have a good time together but we are going to spend some time lamenting and uh, sharing honestly the pain and the the difficulty of what uh, we've experienced through the pandemic and what some of us are still experiencing as we move out of that space and so we wanted to do something a little different this time and have some conversations about soul care and spiritual awakening and creative renewal and just how we kind of um I don't know how we build personal and communal practices that will center us on Jesus during this time, because I think that's something that's very important for us. So please do check that out on the website. You'll find that underneath the events page. The other thing we want to draw to your attention, which we're really excited about um, as of April 1st. So I guess that will be, uh, you'll be hearing this on the second, but we will have released into the world a brand new book on mm -hmm. the New Leaf Press, which is Overlooked, the Forgotten Origin Stories of Canadian Christianity by our good friend, uh, James Tyler Robertson. Uh, Jamie is a professor at Tyndale. And for those of you who have been with uh, New Leaf for a while, you may remember that we took Jamie on tour with um, Sarah Wilkins LaFlemme and Joel Thiessen when we did the Nuns and Duns conversation. Well, Jamie took that talk and turned it into an incredible book. I don't just say this because we're putting it out into the world and it's part of New Leaf Press, but I do think that this is going to be a very important book. Uh, for Christians in Canada to check out. And for those of you keeners who aren't even from Canada, it'll also be an interesting book for you to read. What? How, tell me a little bit about how, why you're excited about this book, Jared. 
Oh man, I, I I mean, first off, it really is well titled. This is an overlooked story, and it is something that I think very few uh, uh, Christians are aware of. Canadian Christians need to pay attention to this story. I think it provides incredible amounts of context for where we find ourselves. It deals with some of the challenging uh, parts of Canadian church history. It is an amazing companion to anyone who's interested in the conversations around secularity in Canada, conversations around how the church can once again recover its missionary potential. And I just think it's accessible. It's well-researched. This is actually a good piece of history, even though it's in a popular style. The, Jamie has the chops. He is a legit historian, and he is, he is serving the Canadian church exceptionally well. So if you're interested in that book, please do check it out on the website, newleafnetwork.ca. You'll see right under there are projects, New Leaf Press, and you'll see some of the other titles that we have um, produced in the past as well. So lots of things going on. It's a busy time of the year. So if you have any questions, you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We would be absolutely happy to connect with you. So thank you for tuning in and listening to Movies for Lent. And for those of you who are participating, I hope it has been a meaningful experience for you. We'll see you next Wednesday night, folks. All right. Bye, friends. Bye-bye. <laughs>